You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Hey, um, welcome also to our online campus. You guys are awesome. Uh, you're now not the newest campus. Uh, you're the second newest campus, so you're the middle sibling, and good luck with that, everybody. Um, I want to uh, just speak today. I briefly touched last week on the gifts given to Jesus um, by the wise men, and I want to explore that whole idea a little bit more. I've called this message, Is There Mirror to These Gifts? You're welcome again, by the way. Is there mirror? It's the, one of the hardest jobs as a pastor is to come up with creative titles for your messages, all right? Is there mirror to these gifts? You're never going to read the Bible the same after being in this church. Huh? It's genius. It's, it's amazing. My, my wife thinks so. I want to show, I want to explore these gifts, these three gifts that were given to Jesus. And I want to explore them because I think there's more to them than meets the eye. And I also think that they speak prophetically and powerfully to the life of Jesus. And actually what they do is they paint the gospel message through these three gifts. And I want to show you how they do that and what that means for us. Is that cool? Wow. Is that okay, church? You're going to come with me on the journey? All right. Matthew chapter 2, um, starting around number, verse number 10, it says, And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Let's have a look at this first gift of gold. Gold. I remember um, a few years ago, we were down in Arrowtown near Queenstown, and there's a little, it's an old mining town. You can go there and you can pan for gold. Anyone ever done that before? There's a little cafe, you pay the man five bucks, and you can go and you can pan for gold and get gold. As soon as my kids heard that we were going to be panning for gold, they're like, Dad, we're going to be rich. We're going to be rich. And I'm pretty sure the guy just got like shakes in the same gold every time that people find this. Anyway, I'm in there, I'm hooked. Like within minutes, I'm hooked because I'm finding little flecks of gold. I'm like, there's gold, there's gold. And I kind of, like the gold fever just takes over me. And the kid, like we were there for hours. The kid's like, dad, I'm hungry, I'm tired. I'm like, be quiet, daddy's busy. Like, uh, daddy's mining. I'm finding gold. Listen, this, this is, let me show you. This is the old gold. This is what I found. Can you see it? In this little vial is the gold that I found in Aritania. Team, you might want to zoom in. Just... Super zoom. (laughs) I promise you it's in there. Gold, man, it got me. I was so hooked on it. But gold has long been associated with power and with royalty. And this gift of gold, it speaks to Jesus' kingship. His kingship. Gold really speaks to the ultimate plan of God for this world to establish a king and a new kingdom. The Bible says this in Luke chapter 1. He will be great. He will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will, come, will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. This here, friends, go with me on this. This gift of gold is the beginning of the gospel message. Gold shows God's intent to fix a broken world. The world is broken. Sin and death and the curse of sin and death has entered this world. The world is not as it should be. It is not how God wants it to be. And so God has a plan to redeem and restore a broken world and a broken humanity. And his plan is to implement a king and a new kingdom. A kingdom that is different to this world. A kingdom that is a kingdom of grace and truth that anyone can access, not just the elites, 
It's a kingdom with a new way of being and a new way of thinking, a kingdom of forgiveness and reconciliation, a kingdom and this gold, it marks the beginning of a king coming to bring a kingdom to make old things new. That's cool. He may be a king with no palace, no servants, no throne, no crown, no riches. But listen, friends, he's a king nonetheless. My Bible teaches this. It says, it says he's the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of knowledge. Shall I keep describing him to you, church? Do you want some more? He's the wellspring of wisdom, the doorway of deliverance. He's the pathway of peace, the roadway of righteousness, the highway of holiness, the gateway of glory. He's the master of the mighty. He's the captain of the conquerors. He's the the head of the heroes, the leader of the legislators. He's the overseer of the overcomers. He's the governor of governors. He's the prince of princes. His office is manifold. His promise is sure. His light is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. He always has been and he always will be. He has no predecessor. He'll have no successor. There was no one before him and there'll be no one after him. The heavens of heavens can't contain him, let alone man explain him. You can't get him off your mind and you can't get him off your hand. You can't outlive him and you can't live without him. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Friends, in light of this gift of God, who's your king? Who, Who has the throne of your life? What sits on that place of power and authority and ultimate drive and motivation for your life? Is it money? Is it power? Is it control? Is it position? Is it possessions? Is it relationships? Is it career? What holds the throne of your life? Because he's not just a child born in a manger. He's a king come to establish a kingdom. Here's another question. Do do you have a savior, but maybe not a king? A lot of people like the idea of a savior. Like, I like the idea of being saved from my sin and, you know, hell and everything and going to heaven. I like the idea of a savior, but I don't like the idea of someone telling me how to live. Like, I'll take the savior part, but I don't want the Lord part. See, he's not just a savior, he's also a king. And a king comes with a kingdom, and a kingdom has a way. It has a culture, it has a way of being and acting and, and, and participating in this world. See, friends, I want to ask that question again. Who is your king? Because he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. The gold demonstrates to us he's a king with a kingdom. The second gift is the gift of frankincense. I have a small confession to make, church. I, I am a man. I love rugby, and I love meat, and I love steak, and I love shooting guns and blowing things up, and I love action movies, and I love things that boys like, but I also really like a smelly candle. <laughs> you know what I mean? A smelly candle, like a nice aroma can- candle like you light it and the room is filled with a fragrance this brings joy to your heart it brings peace to your spirit it's a beautiful thing a smelly candle I love a smelly candle we're never short a smelly candle in our house always buy them always get them whenever my wife comes home with things I always say what did you buy today she says a smelly candle it's all good in our house no drama no problem bring them all in bring the smelly Love, end of the day light a smelly candle Just, it's a wonderful thing Pastor Luke do you have smelly candles in your house no you don't Friends, you know what to get him for Christmas. It's a. <laughs> it just 
creates a beautiful fragrance. You know, frankincense was a, an aromatic gum resin that was burned as an incense. It would create a beautiful aroma. And in the Old Testament, frankincense was a key ingredient, the, the key component to the incense that would be burned in the temple for worship. And so we see the, a picture of what frankincense is all about. A frankincense speaks to Jesus' deity, his divinity. Jesus was not just another baby born in an obscure village in the Middle East. Jesus, the gospel story, is one of God coming in, God incarnate, God being made flesh, Jesus, the divine, God stepping into this world. Uh, A few years ago, my eldest son made a club relay team for his athletics club. So it was, you know, baton changing, four by 100 meters, right. So we went down for a practice run with his team, and we went down to the track. It was after church one Sunday, and they were one runner short, and they needed someone to fill in the gap to run the second leg of the 4 by 100 to help this team out just to learn baton changes. And I said, look, I'll do that. No problems. I used to run competitively. I, I got this. These are seven-year-olds. No problems. So I go, I take my shoes off. He's got jeans on. Take my shoes off, bare feet. So we go on. The gun goes. The first runner starts running around the corner comes to me, my baton change, I get the baton, I start going for it, there's a seven-year-old girl next to me, you know what I say to her, I'm going to beat you, I'm going to beat you, okay, I'm, I'm going for it, I'm going down the track, 50 meters down the track, bang, my calf goes, blew my calf, like fully pulled my calf muscle, and so I'm like, oh, seven-year-old girl is gone, she's out of here, I'm hobbling along, I'm broken, like I'm, I'm hobbling, all the parents on the bank are looking at me going, what is wrong with him? And I'm, I'm hobbling to the thing. And then the next guy I'm supposed to change the baton to, I get close to him. And you know what happens, right? In a relay, you don't just stop and start and change the baton. You start, you change with momentum. So I get to the point that he's supposed to start moving and he starts moving. I can't catch him. He's, he's seven years old, slightly chubby, and I got no chance, right? I'm, I'm chasing this kid, and I start yelling at him. I'm like, buddy, buddy, I can't get to him. No matter what I do, I'm broken. I can't get to him to make the exchange that I need to make. What I need is him to turn around and get to me. That's what I needed. And only when he turned and got to me were we able to make the exchange. Let me say this, friends. The Bible teaches that we've all sinned, and we've all fallen short of God's glory. We've all got the debt of sin that we cannot pay. And we can spend our life trying and striving in our brokenness to try and get to God, to try and be good enough, to try and earn enough, to try and outdo more good that outweighs our bad, to try and be, be better than we were, try and do all these things, try and keep the law, try and keep God's standard, all these things. But we always keep coming up short. And religion is man's attempt to get to God, but Jesus is God getting to us. That's the gospel right there. That's the, that's the message of Christianity. It's not us trying to get to God and please God. It's God getting to us, the divine, stepping into our humanity, stepping into our brokenness, stepping into our condition, stepping into our chaos and getting to us. My friend, you thought you found God, but God found you. God got to you. God came and met you right where you're at. It's a divine intervention. That's what the arrival of Jesus is. It's a divine intervention. And this gift of frankincense speaks to us that this is the divine entering in and coming into our chaos, coming into our mess, coming into our sin, coming into our brokenness and making something new. An exchange could take place when the divine got to us. Can I ask a question today? What area of your life right now do you need a divine intervention? 
Like what part of your life, what area of brokenness or pain or sin or lack or disappointment, you're like, man, I just, I'm trying, but I just need God to show up. The the beauty of the Christian faith is it's not that God just showed up 2,000 years ago, but God is present with us now. And the divine, He still moves, He still acts, He still acts on our behalf, He still moves in His amazing, miraculous way to meet us right where we're at in our brokenness and our pain and our mis- misery and our mess. So right now, friend, maybe some of you in this room, you're like, man, I, need a, I just need a divine intervention. I need God to show up in this area, in this, in this moment, in this part of my family or part of my life. I, I, wonder, I wonder if even we could just pause for a moment right now where we are. And I can maybe pray for those in the room and those online who need a divine intervention who need God to show up and step in, the divine to come in and do what only he can do because everything you've done on your own in your own human efforts isn't working. And so you need God to move. Can I ask everyone just to bow their heads from prayer for a moment? Just for a moment. Those online, join in. If you need God to show up, if you need a divine intervention in some area of your life, all I want you to do right now is raise your hands. Just, I wanna pray for you. Hands everywhere, like pretty much every single person in the room. Awesome. God, I thank you for your people here. And I thank you that you are a God who stepped into our humanity. You stepped into this world and you came to redeem and restore. God, you are the one who brings that divine intervention. And so whatever issue, whatever circumstance, whatever situation, whatever problem, whatever issue, issue is being faced by your people. I ask now in the name of Jesus, and we all agree, God, may your will be done. May you come and move in a divine way, bring healing and breakthrough and restoration and reconciliation and healing everywhere to every one of these lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God some praise this morning. The last gift that Jesus got was the gift of myrrh. Myrrh. Have you ever got a gift that you didn't know what to do with? Like at Christmas, you get the gift and you're like, you have no idea what to do with it. And, and you unwrap it in front of the person and you're like, oh, I love it. And you look to your husband and wife like, what is it? I love it. Or it's like that piece of clothing that you'd never wear. And you're like, oh, I, lo- I love that. So you know every time that auntie comes around, you've got to wear it. Grieves your heart. That ornament that is ugly. You're like, oh, it's so beautiful. Wow. And then you got to put it on the shelf. And you take it down and put it in the cupboard. But then when that uncle comes around, you put it back on the shelf. Look, they love it. So the, the gift you don't know what to do with. Myrrh is kind of like that gift. Like to give a child myrrh is odd. Myrrh again is another aromatic kind of gum resin. And myrrh in that time was most closely associated with the preparation of a body for burial. It was often used as an agent for embalming. What a weird gift to give a child. Imagine Mary, she's like, I get the gold, we can do stuff with that. Frankincense, we can burn that, that'll smell nice. Myrrh, weird. Don't know what to do with it. It wasn't a practical gift for a child. It was a prophetic gift. It spoke prophetically 
And it showed that these wise men knew who he was and what he was going to do. Because myrrh speaks to his death. Myrrh speaks to his death. And I'm like, it amazes me. It blows my mind that from the very beginning, right at the start, right at the start of the life of Jesus, right at the start of God showing up, there is a picture of his plan that he was a king coming to establish a kingdom. He was divine and that he would die. It's amazing that right from the beginning, the death of Jesus is already marked by the gift given to him as a child at Christmas. The death that he would, the life he would live, and the death he would, he, would, he would have on a cross that would pay the debt of our sin, your sin, my sin, the sin of the world. He would take our payment, our punishment. He would take it on himself. He would pay the debt. He would defeat sin and death and he'd rise again. Wow. Matthew 20, 28, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. One of my favorite Christmas songs is from a, probably a band or a Christmas album you've never heard of. It's from a band called Reliant K. And it's an album called Let It Snow Baby, Let It Reindeer. It's a great album, highly recommend it. But one of their songs, they sing these words. They say, I, I celebrate the day that you were born to die that I could one day pray for you to save my life. I said to you, I celebrate the day that you were born to die, that I could one day pray for you to save my life. I wonder today if there's so, those in this room who've never made a decision to surrender their life to Jesus, to pray for Him, to save their life. See, all these gifts given to Jesus they lead us to a point where we get to now receive a gift. It's called his gift of grace. That a king came, the king of heaven came. He was divine, fully God, fully man. And he gave his life as a ransom for many. And he extends to every single person in this room, in this planet. He extends to us his free gift of grace. Forgiveness for your sin. That attempt to try and get to God, guess what? He got to you. He's bridged the gap. You get to have right standing with God, forgiveness for your sin, a new start, a brand new life. It's called being born again by the Spirit of God. God makes you new from the inside out, not the outside in. You get to walk into the plans God has got for your life. He's not just a king with a kingdom. He's got a plan for you in it. And then, friends, there's this great promise of eternity in heaven with Him. And I want to pray for you today. If you're here today and you're far from God, you don't know Jesus, or maybe you're, you've been with Him before, you've walked with God, but you're far from God today, I want to pray for you today. Can we bow our heads for a moment? Just close our eyes. If you're here today and that's you saying, Steve, that's me. I need, a, I need to get my life right with God. I'm far from God or I've never made that decision before. I want you to pray this simple prayer with me. Just say these words. Say, God, today I surrender my life to you. I know I've sinned and I've messed up, but I believe Jesus, you died for me. So right now I turn from my old ways and I turn to you. I ask you to come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. Take control. I choose from this day to live for you. In Jesus' name. Just with your eyes still closed and every head bowed. And those online, if you prayed that prayer, if you made that decision, either for the very first time or you're getting right with God today, can I just say I'm so proud of you. You're amazing. And I want to give you an opportunity to take one little step of faith. What I'm going to do is I'm going to count to three. 
when I get to three, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, I want you to be really brave right where you are, and I want you to put your hand up nice and high. I'm not doing that to embarrass you. I'm not doing that to call you out. All I'll do is I'll see your hand, and you can put it straight back down. If you're online today, there's a button that's coming up in the chat that's saying, I raise my hand. I'm saying yes to Jesus. Make sure you click that button. Are you ready, friends? On the count of three, be bold, be brave. One, two, three. Three, hands up nice and high right now. Awesome, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, my man. God bless you, right down the back. I see you too, God bless you. To my right, God bless you, brother. I see you there too. Yes, sir, thank you so much. Yes, on my right there too, God bless you. Yes, ma'am, yes, right down the back on my left. God bless you too, ma'am. Awesome, awesome. Okay, you can put your hands down now if you've got your hand up. Anyone else? You're saying, yes, Steve, that's me. That's me, that's me. Awesome, online, we see you. Thank you so much. Yep, another one online. We got you too. Thank you so much. You're amazing. You're amazing. Well, God, we thank you so much for what you're doing here in the life of this church. God, I thank you for those lives that have now turned back to you. And God, I bless them. I pray they'd know the full, free, and abundant life, Jesus, that you came to give them. We honor you for them, God, and we thank you for them. We bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, church, put your hands here. How cool is that? Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.